sport and the connection to the land on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Licence REAA 2008. Yes, as Kiwis, we've always bocked well above our weight on the world stage when it comes to sports. And to measure that in 2020 at the Tokyo Olympics, New Zealand had the fourth highest medal tally per capita. The question is, what sets our country apart from other smaller sporting nations? Well, many would think it's because of our world-class facilities, but in reality it seems it's those Kiwi kids who grow up in rural areas that often thrive the most athletically. Why is that? Well, we have Bob Newport on the line with us this morning to explain these findings from a study he did on the very topic while completing his Masters at AUT. Thanks for joining us this morning, Bob, on Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. How you going, mate? You're good. Thanks for having me along. Um, yeah, good morning to you guys. Good morning to New Zealand as well, I suppose. Hey, Bob, I'm one of those rural kids. I come from a small um, rural town called Waitara, um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of your study would have shown that, that that kids that excelled, uh, especially at the top of their game, came from those small towns. What can you tell us about that? Um, and and just give us a little background to how you came about with that study. Um, yeah, I guess uh, for me, I suppose, um, I'm like like you, I never made it past um, age group representative level, but I too come from a small town um, in rural Northland and grew up doing all those things. Um, which I suppose that kind of feed fed a little bit into my choice of study. Um, and yeah, big shout out to obviously to the team at AUT and the supervisors that I had there with Simon Walters and Sarah Kate Miller and Jeff Dixon. Um, but yeah, I kind of, my interest and I guess my, my area of interest kind of lay within that sort of early stages and early development of athletes. So I sort of decided to look into um, what was going on in those early experiences for these, so I guess I was fortunate enough to um, talk to some elite hockey players that had come from sort of regional and rural communities um, and made it to that elite level, but what was happening in those really early stages for them around their sport and their play in those communities. Uh Great to have you on the show. I'm Daniel. I'm clearly a nobody, mate. Don't worry about that. Uh, at least Kempi has a bit of a claim to fame. So I'm fascinated uh, as to what, um, how we we get people to go up the ladder and actually become, you know, legitimate high class caliber athletes. So what preconceptions did you perhaps go into your own study with Bob that um, you ultimately fa- found out that, you know, you 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 were maybe had misconceptions. Yeah, I, I guess you've always got to frame your research with kind of the reasons behind what you're doing. And um, yeah, I guess there's, in those smaller communities, and I mean, we're in New Zealand by, by global standards, even our urban centres are very big, but we're sort of those smaller communities. You kind of, there's sorts of things that go on in those smaller communities that kind of support. So there's lots of support and wraparound from the communities. Um, the kind of autonomy and choices that, that kids can make a little bit more, the, the opportunity to try a few different things, um, the I guess the, the responsibility and roaming and kind of that community support around the risky and real play side of things as well, um, with sort of some of those, I guess, preconceived thoughts that sort of fed into it. And, um, and I guess the findings didn't really... Um, didn't disappoint on that front um, in, in the sense that a lot of the athletes I spoke to definitely were doing those sorts of things. They were, they were playing lots of different sports from a young age. They came from smaller communities where they were in small schools, and I guess there's reasons for that too. Like I suppose um, <coughs> in smaller schools you often have the rugby team that becomes the basketball team, which becomes the volleyball team, so they try lots mm. of different things, um, mm. which I suppose feeds into that sampling mentality that we talk about a bit with, with sports. Um, 
also the, the kind of roaming, the responsibility, um, the risk taking at young ages. I mean, you've got athletes in, in those smaller communities that are on farms or bigger properties, uh, a little bit isolated at times. Um, but, but they have those kind of early responsibilities that happen looking after the animals, moving the stock. Um, the parents are kind of doing their farming daily things and the kids kind of just get on and, and go and play by the creek and climb the trees and do all that sort of risky play. Um, but also that, that, I guess one of the biggest things for me um, that kind of came out of the research was that, that support notion and the, the community wraparound side of things. I mean, you can't, you can't take an athlete or a person out of the environment around them and particularly in those smaller communities, is that real wraparound support. Um, well, at least there was for these athletes that I spoke to anyway, that they sort of could roam the community and the community supported that. Everyone kind of knew who they were and looked out for each other, um, access to facilities and sort of, although the facilities might not have been sort of the best ones in those smaller communities, they kind of were able to use them um, and those sorts of things. But, but yeah, that, that's kind of some of those key things that came out of it, which is some of the ideas that I sort of had before, but also the findings definitely definitely reflected that. It's it's really, um, I guess, another word that you can you can use, um, Paul, is, a, is that word, uh, Bob, is that word uh, resilience. You know, like what you're talking about through these pathways, you know, around that age of 6 to 12 where you got your mates and you and you're doing everything, you know. You're racing across the river. You don't. You can't. You haven't got 15 cents to get in the swimming pool. Um, so that's how you learn to swim. You go, you go down and pick up the the older brother's surfboard out of the surf hut. So you learn to surf, and then all of a sudden, as you get older, the resilience that you've that you've built in through those ages sort of puts you on a pathway. Did you find that in your study that as the kids got older and the more experiences they, they had in different pathways that they then started to define what direction they were taking? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and that sort of, I guess, speaks to some of the, the models in the literature with the developmental model of sport as well, where um, that early sampling, they're trying lots of different things at a young age. And as you say, the, the, the areas, these smaller communities kind of lend themselves to that or that's sort of part of that experience. But the resilience, the determination, and then kind of when you get to that sort of early teenage is when people did need to start to, to focus their attention a little bit more. Um, I guess what was interesting in this particular study was that they were how hockey players was were the people I was talking to. But... They, it wasn't so much that they chose hockey from an early stage, it was just kind of they enjoyed and loved what they did, they played lots of sport and I guess sort of by default they kind of were good at that sport and did well in that sport and then just kind of followed that pathway eventually but the resilience coming back to that I suppose um, definitely there's some challenges that come with, with, with living in those smaller communities as well and, and, and I mean things like travel, cost, um, the quality of some of the facilities that you're using, all those sorts of challenges sometimes can also help create that resilience and that that sort of being able to overcome some of those challenges, um, I guess, sets them up really well. I know this was a study on our smaller rural communities in the regions, whatever we want to describe it, but was this in some way um, about sort of critically analysing how things could possibly be looked at in more urban areas, or are they two completely separate things like for example could I could I say your, your study shows that maybe urbanisation is, is stifling development of, of sport here in New Zealand Oh yeah that's that's a big call um, 
yeah, I, I can't probably can't draw those lines. I mean, the study the study itself was focused on rural and regional athletes, and and it was really yeah. to try and look at what's going on in those smaller communities that that potentially is, is assisting or feeding into the development of these athletes. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's a big call to draw lines across and say, hey, these urban centres are ruining or killing our athletes because it's it's not. Yeah, there's lots. No, of no, and, and I, that, that's why I wanted to make it categorically clear <laughs> yeah. that this is just a focus on our, uh, you know, regional communities. And I'm sure a lot of these, um, uh, a lot of these things that you are seeing that are helping support our our regional um, athletes are probably being copied in, um, you know, so in a lot of urban uh, regions. When you think, MP? Yeah, for me, hundred percent. Like what what Bob's saying. I'll, look, I've got a question for you, Bob. You know, like when I grew up. You're 10, you knew how to drive a car. You know what I mean? And I had a mate who lived out in the the Okoki blocks, and they were like 10 miles to the bus stop to catch the bus to school. So he'd pile all the kids into the car and and, uh, get the kids to get jump, get the kids to the bus to get to school. And then he'd go and ride motorbikes all day out on the farm while they're getting the dry stock in off the hills and stuff like that. And then come to football, he didn't have a pair of football boots, but you threw him the football because he just carved teams up. He was like he was like a man, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know you're, you're doing you're doing hockey, but do you find um, that maturity? I guess it's that's the really the word that I'm looking at a more mature athlete than you do from what Dan's saying that that city type. Player, because when you when you look through some of the better athletes, they seem to be a hell of a lot more developed early on than they do if they come from the city. Yeah, I guess there's lots of things that could potentially contribute to that. I mean, we 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 talk about this, the rural communities, and I mean, New Zealand is a rural it's a rural country. We really are. Um, and as, as you say, your your examples and your stories speak to that a lot. And these the guys that I was talking to were doing that sort of thing too. So they're all they're all roaming, they're all playing in the creeks. They've got their group of mates and their the pickup sport, the muck around sport that they do, the deliberate play, the real play, the kind of unstructured stuff. Which I mean, the literature speaks to that too. That there's lots of really awesome developmental stuff that goes on in those spaces where you can try things that you might not try in front of the coach on the field. You know what I mean? Like you're developing and learning and creating. And you get all those experiences, you sample lots of things, but then you, that, that kind of real risky play and taking responsibility and ownership and making responsible risk decisions um, all kind of happening as, as well at the same time. And in and, and those smaller rural communities, maybe that's, that's happening in those spaces and maybe that's, the kids are allowed to do that a little bit more. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, in the urban settings, we always talk about the fact that there's a lot more people around. We don't necessarily let our kids roam as much. Um, whether that feeds into things, but I mean, you learn a lot from the urban settings too. I mean, you learn how to cross the road and look out for cars and all yeah. those other things as well. There's look, you're, you're a product, I guess, of your environment. You can't take the pe- the person away from the environment. They're kind of inseparable yeah. to an extent. And yeah, and I suppose to I guess to extrapolate or pull some of the one of the the biggest things that spoke to me from from what I studied was that support notion. And no matter where you are, um, if the support is there. And that supportive, creative, developmental environment is as part of the upbringing. Then, then you can't really go wrong. I mean, at the end of the day, one, yeah. the, biggest, the biggest thing is the athletes were having fun and they enjoyed what they did, and that's that's the long game. That's what we're in it for, aren't we? We want the kids to yeah to be enjoying it and stay with it. <laughs> Yeah, indeed, Bob. So right. At last one from me, and I'm hearing so many positive, uh, you know, anecdotes and stories and points that you're raising, and that's my overall um, sort of impression. You know, there's lots of positive things here, but um, 
when speaking to uh, the athletes that you did, were there any obstacles that they still would like help overcoming? As far as for, for being a rural athlete and and, and participating, yeah, in, in general, in general, I don't know if it's the yeah. tyranny of distance to go from point A to point B, uh, those types of things. You know, that, that, yeah. the time pressures. You know, you know what what were some of the obstacles that they did have to overcome? Well, yeah, I mean, it it's, it sort of speaks for itself in the sense that when we're now more isolated communities, and I guess in in, in my local community as well, it's the same thing across the country, I suppose, is the travel. Travel's always a big one. As, and what, what tends to happen, particularly at start to make those elite teams or the, or the age group teams, is you have to go to the centres. Um, and, and for a lot of rural athletes, that was a challenge because they needed the support. Like I had stories of parents that would drive for hours to get their kids to different sports events. Um, and so travel, yeah, big one. Cost, as always, and, and most sports, is always a tricky one, and I suppose that speaks a lot to that support side of things because, I mean, parents, when I say support, it's not just parents, it's, it's peers, it's, it's siblings, it's coaches, like these guys that I spoke to had very positive experiences with all of that, and, and, and maybe that's something too. In those small communities, your parents are often the coach um, and the volunteers, and they're involved in the sport as well. Um, but that, those, those sorts of challenges around travel, around costs, the parents are often there supporting that, um, the time, so maybe in the smaller communities, coming from farming families, potentially parents had more time to spend or tra- transport their kids around, that sort of thing, um, potentially is a consideration. Uh, the facilities, um, they, I mean, they're getting better and better as, as we speak, but in a lot of smaller communities, they're not the flashiest facilities at times. Um, but then there's a lot to be said there as well around learning to, to play on those kind of not as flash facilities, but I mean, they spoke of playing on grass fields, sand turf, water turf, like all the different, but but that potentially develops some skill too and that adaptability and variability with, with what you're doing. Yeah, and I can I can attest to all of that. Um, moving sheep off paddocks, is, you know, not wanting not wanting to get not wanting to get tackled. Um, hey, that's Bob New. That's Bob Newport with a fantastic study, Bob. And honestly, the conversation that we've had on rural athletes this morning and and where they come from, and you've just added to that uh, with your sport and connection to the land. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning, Bob. You go well, and uh, really enjoyed the chat. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me, guys. And yeah, have a have a great Wednesday. Sport and the connection to the land on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Licence REAA 2008.